Hey everyone, welcome to episode 90 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And today it's just Andy and Randy and Tom behind the board. But today we continue to battle the sleep deprivation associated with the Winter Olympics coverage and a 14 hour <laughs> into the future prime time difference. We are directly in the middle of our three-part series on Olympic values, and today we take a closer look through those dry red eyes at respect. Last week, to start it off, we started with the Olympic values, and we started with friendship, where we decided basically that all that a friend is to be, Jesus is to us, each of us. Let that sink in a little if you can, and realize the absolute model of friendship of perfection is there for us to mimic if we choose. And if you haven't listened to the corresponding message or the podcast, you can do that at hospitalchurch.org or very simply, quickly, and most recommended, the Hospital Church mobile app. So on to this week, and again, this week is respect. And getting a handle on this concept, I absolutely, because the first thing I do nearly every week (laughs) as one of my tools is to go to thesaurus.com and go to synonyms. Just for something to see what, you know. Some of the synonyms just don't quite work as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But, you know, getting a handle on the concept and you pulled out that step. And again, that's just one of my favorites is the synonyms. And they said value, regard, recognize, be kind to, defer to, pay attention, show consideration, show courtesy, take into account. And this list isn't, I mean, it was found in the thesaurus and not the Bible, right? Right. Right? was. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> Out of each one of these, when you start to just kind of apply those to little conversations, and if mm-hmm. you're like me, you have had a conversation probably in the last week, maybe in the last day, maybe from the time you woke up this morning. Didn't pay much attention to. <laughs> that one of these, if you said, if you just replaced something you said, or you looked at that conversation and said, did I value that person? Mm. Did I give regard to that person? Did I recognize them and their opinion? And they're, they're the specialness they are as one of God's creatures. Was I kind to? Did I defer to? Did I pay attention? Ouch. <laughs> uh, you know, and did I show consideration or courtesy? Or did I just take into account any of their opinions? <laughs> and if you're like me, you're going to go, man, there's a couple, at least a couple conversations that, man, I really wish I would have done that better. <laughs> or even just a portion of a conversation. Mm-hmm. How often do we miss those? But out of those synonyms, what was your favorite one? I think the last one, um, give account to mm-hmm. take into account. Take into account. I just, yeah. I just, that, that was sort of caught me off guard a little bit. It's like, because oftentimes you'll have a conversation in passing. Yeah. And an in passing conversation, you may not give much account to the person or, or the yeah, concepts true. or anything. Um, I mean, I liked them all, but I, that that sort of struck me. I really liked the the defer to because mm-hmm. I think that's a hard one is to even just. Even like who controls the conversation? Sure. I'll defer to you. Who's going to, you know, who's going to set the the tone or what are we going to talk about? I'll defer to you. When so often we have things we want to talk about mm-hmm. and do we take into account what they might like or how well do we know them or, and maybe sometimes it's just, you know what? I should just shut up and listen. Yeah. I was, I was reading a story about a couple. <laughs> they went, they had some people visit them and they, they didn't, one of the spouses didn't want to even have the conversation or you know, have the people over, whatever it was. And and then they came, and the guy literally talked incessantly. I mean, nobody, they, nobody else in the no, – there, there was a couple, and the, the couple that had visited him, and the three of them just sort of sat there, just letting him go full spore. And you know, it's sort of hard to think about deferring to the people who take 
charge of or take over. <laughs> well, and I also found the 10 ways to respect your opponent list from Liberty Mutual. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a, a simple common sense approach. Yeah, it really is. To really how we should view our interactions with others in or out of competition setting. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, they're based in a competition mode or they're written as such as, you know, people participating in competition competition, easy for me to say, but whether we're a team of people or we're on our own mm-hmm. with God as our teammate, these things really, we're just, you know, pregame handshake, just respect from the start yeah, and go into it with the mindset that I'm going to respect somebody. And then I'm like, all right, well, that's going to depend on what they say, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that, and, and that's, that was the hard thing I think for people to, to with, with this subject of respect to be able to differentiate between what a person says and who the person is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Really... But I, each one of these, you know, I, I think one of my favorite, two of my favorites, one was play by the rules. Mm-hmm. And that's almost something that it doesn't matter what we're doing or who we're talking to. Mm-hmm. But if we just can agree that, you know, these are the rules and I'm not going to go outside. Sure. I'm going to mind my manners. I'm not going to interrupt. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not going to say it. You know, all those things your mother taught you as a child <laughs> sure. that you should, you should really be applying to your daily life. <laughs> but, you know, honoring the game, or in this case, honoring that person mm-hmm. or that group of people by abiding by the rules and graciously accepting any penalties when you break them, you know, no, no low blows, admitting when yeah. you're wrong, or at least that maybe you don't know everything or that... <laughs> Novel idea. <laughs> Novel idea. Or that their side of the story has, has some value. Sure. But that, but like you said, that can be hard. Yeah, there was, it was interesting. This week on 60 Minutes, they had a group of people there from a wide variety of different backgrounds. And, uh, and it was fascinating to, for them to say, you know, I don't know anybody that holds that political position mm. except in this circle. Oh, wow. And th- it's really, I'm glad I was in this circle because, you know, it, it helps me enlarge my understanding. Right. And, you know, it's just really some... Being willing to listen to the other side is is always an important aspect of deferring and recognizing and valuing people. <laughs> but it, it really is something that a lot of people don't get that nuance. No. Uh, well, it's not modeled for us in our culture anymore. It, back in the... That's true. I was talking to someone afterwards, after service, I forget it was after first or second, but they were talking about how they re- had read about back when Tip O'Neill was there in the Reagan era and how mm-hmm. they would have these just knock down public, you know, posanas against each <laughs> other and just mean spirited sort of things. And, and then they say, Hey, meet at the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. And they go, and go they sure. go to lunch or, or dinner together. And that, that kind of civility with the person and that kind of un- incivility with their concepts or ideas or philosophy, their, their politics, whatever, that's something we don't we don't do very well anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I found it interesting a while oh, this was a couple of years ago. Someone came over to my house and when they look at the bookcase and I used to read a lot of political writers mm-hmm. and and pundits and just different people and I had someone that was on the right and I had someone on the left and they were right next to each other because they used to they used to do some uh projects together. Yeah. And someone's like, "Well, oh, you read that book?" And I was like, well, yeah, I read that book, and then I read this book. I bought them together, and they're like, oh, I can't stand that guy. And I'm like, well, I don't really care for either of them necessarily, (laughs) but I wanted to see someone that was pretty far left of center Mm -hmm. and someone that was pretty right far of center. Mm -hmm. And I figured somewhere in the middle, 
Each of them had might some be ver- something valuable. Yeah, they might have some very centrist ideas that probably played more to me, but at least I tried to understand what how, where both of them were coming from. And they're like, "Why would you do that?" I'm like, "Because I try to be informed, right, or it, just be educated." And it's it's very easy for us to read what we agree with and to <laughs> you know pick up the <laughs> newspaper, true. pick up a magazine, and if the article looks like it's going down a path that is not ours. To, to not read that article. Yeah. And to look for the article that agrees with us. Yeah. And it, we probably would all be well, both theologically and yeah. socially and uh, societally, to, to look at the opposites and to say, what? okay, I believe this, and this is what I think about this, but let me, let me take seriously the other side. Yeah. Uh, you know, because remember back in school, they'd make you argue the side that you should sure. pick sides, and you had to argue for one side, and you did the research, and you, you were able to understand their arguments, the reasons they go there. You don't have to agree with them. Sure. Uh, but you could really, you know, broaden your horizons some. And I think when you do that, you also end up with a different picture. Maybe not initially. I find a lot of times I'll read something and go, man, that was utter hogwash. But at right. least I understand where someone's coming from. And then later I'm like, another piece comes at and it kind of mm-hmm. fills in a blank that maybe I didn't know was missing. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know what? That's not as crazy as I once thought. Right. And you may not be able to pinpoint the piece that brought that all together. Mm-hmm. But you say, you know what? That's not quite as crazy as I thought. And if I had to, if you put me in a room now and I had to sit across from Andy and we were diabolically opposed before, three months later, I might go, you know, I might be willing to work with this point if right. you're willing to work with this point. And now maybe we both have, if we're both doing this, maybe we have some common ground. There's some conversation can take place because you respect each other. Right. And having the respect to do that. Ooh, good topic. Ooh, I, I know. <laughs> who, who picks these topics? The other one I thought was, that I really enjoyed was pick up your opponent mm-hmm. because I think too often we just, you know, if you feel like you've won the match, so to speak, and then we can just kind of, you know, take our hands and, and, and wipe them and just walk away right. without making sure that the other person wasn't offended or, you know, Hey, we're still okay. Right. I mean, this was just a, <laughs> this was just an, a, a talk and we don't have to right. be in agreement. I, I really thought that was something that we don't often think about. No. In in today's culture, we 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 don't mind having a, a verbal war and putting a person down and then yeah. leaving them there. And it, you're right. And, just and like, so even if it's not a physical knockdown, if we see a person who has been wounded or kicked to the curb a little bit in the conversation, um, it's really a great thing for us to figure out a way to reengage them and let them know that they're they're they still have value to, to the discussion. Right. Um, and even if it's just this piece we don't agree on. Right. We don't, agree. Be... We don't have to agree, but, uh, you know, well, I still want to have co- talk to you about it, you know, kind of thing. Exactly. And then the, the, the other one that really kind of <clears throat> stood out to me more so than the others was handshakes in the stands. Because <laughs> this one boiled down to me. I mean, it reads fans should get in on good sportsmanship too. shake the hands of the opposing teams, parents and fans saying good game, thanking them for cheering and supporting good sportsmanship. But I kind of took this as this is the gang mentality we're all focused on if in this case if it's two people that are competing against each other you know you've got 50 or 100 people in the stands on this side mm-hmm. and you got 50 and 100 people on this side and we're so wrapped up in that person that we're cheering for or that person whose beliefs we agree with sure. that you don't you just take on the the overall feel of that of that group and if there's people that are less stellar than they should be that, sure. that get included into that, and pretty soon you're following down a path that, you know, don't don't put the other person down or don't fo- – these things just foster feelings right. in us of, well, we're better than them because 
I didn't do anything on the on the floor or the court or the ice or anything right. like that to make this this victory happen or this this <laughs> argument or anything. I didn't contribute anything, but somehow I'm superior to that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really interesting. We were, in in the um, welcome, Danny was doing a little conversation about Dr. Jack, um, and you know it's interesting. We can we can oftentimes posture ourselves to be against something. Yeah. Instead of posturing ourselves before something, oh, so if yeah. if I'm if I'm for political party A, obviously I'm for them. I'm against political party B. I don't have to talk about being against this, right? Yeah, just talk about what you're for. Um, it's amazing. I think if we just again got to be for things instead of against things, the conversations would be healthier. It goes um, a long but, way in theology as well. I mean, you have people that'll get all up in arms against this, against this, against this, as opposed to well, what are you for? You know what? Yeah. Do you, what what's what's important to you? Well, and I think that when, especially when you talk about politics and religion, I mean, we're we're really talking <laughs> yes, yes. two hot buttons, two hot buttons yeah. that are really going to throw people, you know, can throw people for a loop and turn them into people you wouldn't normally recognize <laughs> in another conversation. But even to be against something, I may be, you know, party A or party B, or I might be somewhat in, yeah. in the other. Right. And if that's how you see me or identify me, that doesn't mean that I hope that. You know, anyone in the other party gets run over on their way home from the office right. or that I wish ill on their children or themselves personally <laughs> or that, you know, it's I'm automatically against it. Sure. I might be against certain principles, but, you know, I think people just naturally assume those things. And then that rears up the hair in the back of your oh, neck. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm ready then. You know, if mm-hmm. you're just going to throw me and lump me into right. labels, then that immediately puts us there. Yeah. I mean, it could be something as simple as how you're. Your neighborhood zoned, you know, and you, you need to be for your zoning instead of against the potential zoning. So you say, say you're you you build cases for what you're for, yeah, instead of building cases against what you're against. So. Well, and you know, prob- maybe a little predictably, you know, one of the main stories from this week was uh, about an Olympian and Jim Thorpe. Yeah, and great guy. If you've ever read any books, and I know in school we 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 read a lot and studied a lot about Jim Thorpe and. I didn't remember them. I didn't remember him having to give the medals back. Yeah. And, you know, he earned two gold medals back in 1912. Mm-hmm. And within months or weeks, oh, yeah, it was, clo- it was, it was really after that, you know, he had the medals taken away. And it's really due to, I think, what particularly supporters might consider a minor detail. That two years prior to 1912 yeah. or three years, he had gotten paid to play baseball, which of course back then was against the rules. It made him non-amateur, right? And I don't, I don't I think mean, he remembered. Well, but I mean, it's just so it's so funny because you think about being played to play baseball. He was in the pentathlon, pentathlon and the decathlon. I don't think the baseball well, helped in any way. <laughs> it didn't yeah. give him an advantage, yeah. right? And the medals were eventually returned to his children in 1983, 71 years after they were taken away and 30 years after his passing. Right. And those are the kinds of stories that kind of raise your – think, oh, man, that was – you know, he got robbed and he just – you know, and, and yet he took it with this amazing amount of civility. Yes. Yeah, you just think about the difference that way he took it and the way it would if it happened today. Yeah. Um, the kind of calling out the Olympic Committee, International Olympic Committee, they, I mean, it, there'd be all this hostility yeah. as opposed to, okay, you, I, you're, those are the rules. You made your call. Here's your medals kind of thing. Yeah. And today we have drama over the coin toss. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the, where we've come from. But I was wondering after just re-going through that story and I, I looked him up online and, and, did, and just kind of read through it again just for my own personal satisfaction. But 
The question that kind of came out of that to me was how do our ideas about what constitutes fair or what Mm -hmm. should be in our mind, how does that play into our overall view of being respectful and the positive outcomes that come from being respectful if we don't feel like someone was treated fairly? And by the rules, I would have to say that, yes, he was treated (laughs) fairly. But I also think that if I lived – during 1912 and Jim Thorpe was everybody's hero and they had his medals taken for something as yeah. crazy as this. I'm not sure I would have looked at it in real time the mm-hmm. same way, but how does that play into, if we don't think it's fair, I mean, what's our job? What's I, our, our do we do that? well, we, I think we have responsibility as Christians to, to seek fairness. Right. Um, and to build a case for fairness and that, which is like seeking justice kind of thing Absolutely. For, for people in the world. Um, but you know, once the ruling is made, then you have a choice to either respect the people who made it, or even respect the ruling, or you can keep fighting. <laughs> well, in the one good story that, well, I'm sure there was a lot of good stories, but in this current Olympics, the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang, was Lindsay Jacobellis. She does snowcross, mm. which is on a snowboard, and they do the kind of the yeah, obstacle oh, course. Great, and, yeah, and she's a five-time world champion. She's a 10-time winner X game gold medalist and also has a silver and a bronze in the X games. And she was a 2006 silver medalist winner at the at the Winter Olympics in Sochi. No. Before oh. Sochi 2006 that was uh, Torino Torino the, the place before Sochi. Sochi. <laughs> before that. And she essentially got silver in that event because she was showing off. She got down to the last jump and she did a board grab and she wiped out on the landing and the person behind her, she had a lead. I mean, 15, it was just crazy lead. And she crashed and the other person finished in front of her before she could get up off the ground and pick herself up. So in the meantime, she 2010 Olympics, she lands poorly off a jump and was disqualified for going off course. 2014 Olympics, she crashed in the semifinal to miss the finals and finished seventh. 2018, she's the second fastest qualifier in the finals. And she led three quarters of the race. She gets down towards the bottom. She's overtaken at right before the finish, three thousandths of a second off the podium. And I watched that final race this year. And while there was certainly a look of disappointment after crossing again the finish line, not meddling, in fourth, she's age 32, probably her last Olympics, probably her last shot at this, to a little bit of redemption, wanting that gold. And she immediately made her way to the gold medalist and gave her a big smile and a hug, as well as the second and third place finishers. All after the disappointment through the years, she could have just let yeah. this all go and just throw a tantrum or walk off and just walk off. And when I saw that the other night, I was like, man, that was that was really, really cool of yeah. her. And then when you had this message on respect and Jim Thorpe, I'm like, you know, maybe there is some hope for us that even today we can still. We can model after our athletes, maybe, maybe for some of our athletes. Some of our athletes. So one of our FHC takeaways from this past week asked, who do you find it most difficult to respect? And I was like, again, the mind starts rolling and you're thinking, oh boy, there's a few people. And I'm I'm sure we all do because it really is a loaded questions because if we look at that lack of respect and, and if we're not giving it, we already know where those where those lead. Yeah. Just That's like the root of every social problem <laughs> we have in this world. And so an honest round of self-reflection and prayer to reveal who we lack respect for, probably painful, 
would go a long way to making each of us a little more Christ-like, engaging our community each week. So if there is, I mean, this isn't something I'm asking for you guys to actually re, you know, send anything in or, <laughs> or meet me in the hall and say, well, you know, it's that Andy guy that I really can't, you know. yeah. no, uh, just kidding. But you don't have to do that. But just a little self-introspection this week would probably go a long way for each of us to just kind of clean the corners, check up on them again, see if there's anyone yeah. that we're not. And if so, why not? And maybe we can go and make this right show them a little respect and, and yeah. start modeling Christ. The final thoughts for this week is Andy said, what an amazing value, respect. And when we practice it, we can change the world. Paul sums it up well in Romans thirteen seven: Give everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. The gospel should change the world. Embracing a life of living respect in living respect of others will show the gospel in full force and definitely change the world. So upcoming this week, we're just the last The last of, of the Olympic values, which is excellence. Excellence. Yeah, it's already been a very fast day. I started studying it yesterday. Um, yeah, right. And uh, just really not maybe what we thought it to be. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. If that's not an invitation to join us in person, online, and for next week's podcast, I don't know what was because it might not be what we thought it was. So you can join us uh, this coming week, 930 and 12. If you're in person or online, you can always catch us at hospitalchurch.org if you want to catch the replay. And of course, you can you already know where to find us on the podcast. So until next Wednesday in episode 90, this is no 91. 91. Oh yeah. man, we're all, we're closing in on the century. This is Randy for Andy and Tom saying thanks for joining us today and we will talk to you then.